In this episode, Becca and myself will briefly talk current events, then dig into the topic of contentment and intimacy with God. So grab your cup of coffee and join us around the table for the one where we cultivate contentment. What is up? Welcome to Coffee and Combos. I am Becca, and I am joined with my handsome, handsome, handsome husband, mm. Josh. <laughs> so, Josh, how are you? I am doing really, really well. Uh, this has been a fun, interesting week as we, uh, well, as I've been quarantined. You're not really that quarantined <laughs> I'm right not now. Quarantined. I'm considered essential. <laughs> yeah, you're essential out there. <laughs> Pastors, we have to be quarantined. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, guys, man, this this feels uh, it's so cool to to be back uh, another week with you guys. You know, I love this kind of week to week deal that we've been doing uh, with the podcast. I think it's so neat to. Uh, just stay in touch with our audience and I know I got a couple um, DMs this past week from some people who just they enjoyed the kind of fun relaxed feel of our last episode of just Mm -hmm. not so serious Um, and and that's kind of like our heart with this podcast you know we want to have some fun with it um, not always be so serious and um, things of that nature so which is kind of like our life yeah kind of how we are (laughs) yeah we just flow with it sometimes have some fun so um tonight's gonna be really good though uh we we want to talk first about our coffee um every episode we like to talk coffee and um tonight we are drinking local again from symmetry coffee shout out to ted (laughs) which um ted uh actually it was so funny the i rolled up to buy this bag of coffee he was actually tuning into our last episode so Mm. ted you are amazing and uh he is serving um coffee still from his shop despite of all the restrictions um that this virus has put on him um so listen if you're in ocala support local Go to Symmetry and uh, show them some love. They are amazing. The original craft coffee of Ocala. Uh, tonight, I am enjoying, uh, along with Becca, we're both enjoying um, his uh, roast. It's a Kenya. I'm not even going to try to say where the origin it's from. Uh, I will try to say this word, tim- Timbo. But the other word, nope, not going to happen. I'm not going to butcher it. Um, it has notes of rich, juicy, sweet big fruit, um, sugar cane, caramelized sugar and cherry flavors and in case for our listeners who don't know maybe you're like a starbucks fan a dunkin fan nothing wrong with that besides dunkin donuts i i feel like it's just watered down sugary milk but that's okay here we go i know probably gonna hear some hate from people on that but anyway (laughs) um craft coffee you know for those just look at it like uh it's like fine wine or you know a good steak um when it comes to coffee, there's different grades. And so um, craft coffee, as it's called, or third wave coffee, is um, is basically kind of designer coffee. And so they get this bean in. They do a perfect roast on it. Believe it or not, you would think, oh, people just roast coffee. There's actually profiles to the roasting um, that go into place. So like a Starbucks, they just source coffee literally from all over the world. They'll buy it in mass quantities, and then they'll take it to their main roaster in Seattle, uh, or Chicago, 
and they will just burn the heck out of it. And mm-hmm. so all they care about is that dark, rich flavor that most Americans or people around the world know. It's, it's a coffee mm-hmm. taste. Um, but not many people realize there is actual flavors in coffee. And mm-hmm. you develop your palate, um, you know, in your mouth when it comes to coffee. And so this coffee, um, I'm brewing it tonight um, with our with our Ninja uh, coffee bar. Which, by the way, that thing is amazing. We love it. Oh, my gosh. We use it literally every day. Holy smokes. The best um, birthday gift I think I've ever gotten um, for my sister. She just knocked it out of the park with that one. And uh, it's, so, it's so cool. Such a great machine. Does great iced coffee. Um, but I did the Rich feature which it's basically a V60 pour over um, because what's really neat about the Ninja is they actually, the machine figures out um, exactly how much water to pour, to pour out basically over the grounds and they'll actually pre-soak it just as if you were doing a pour over. Um, so I can taste all these flavors that are in this mm-hmm. coffee tonight. It's delicious. Uh, I'm drinking it black. I know Becca, you're having some honey and some I creamer. just have cream. Oh, just cream. I know. Oh, just surprise. Wow. I definitely like it sweet normally, but okay. I was testing it out. How do you but like I it? Def- I really I taste a lot of the the different things in it. Um yeah, I'm I definitely don't know the technical aspect of coffee at all. I mean I, I know craft in the sense that it tastes better than everything else. <laughs> but um and it typically like at least I guess the ones I get are kind of has a sweeter to it. So it doesn't always have like that burnt bitter taste that most coffee does. Mm. Um, just like Josh said, you can really taste the flavors in it. And so even though I'm not an expert, I can definitely tell if it's <laughs> craft or not. Yeah. Uh, so that's a step. Sorry, yeah. Ted. <laughs> Probably making you cringe. <laughs> um, no, but in Ted, um, I know, I know we're bragging the mess out of symmetry right now, but Ted's, you know, he really takes pride and joy uh, in his product, mm-hmm. and I've sat there and watched him roast. He actually roast on location there at Symmetry Coffee downtown, and um, he has his computer up. I mean, he is pushing like you know the heat at a certain point, dropping the heat, and it's just it's a really cool process to watch. I mean, if you're into any kind it's of craft thing, yeah. woodwork. Um, coffee is very similar, you know, and it's an art for sure. And so great, great coffee tonight. Uh, I'm enjoying this, this cup for sure so far. Uh, as you know, you know, we're still in the middle of this crisis. COVID-19 is still on a rampage. Our president and his task force are thinking that, uh, you know, this is going to go on for another uh, a couple least, weeks. Yeah, 30 days. Yeah, for, yeah, yeah, 30, more 30 days, you know, of the whole 10 or less and six feet apart. And then. Our governor um, just yesterday issued the order, which goes into effect uh, tonight well, at midnight. Tonight at midnight, which by the time you guys hear this podcast, it's already in effect. But <laughs> um, yeah, basically saying you know he wants everyone to stay at home, which I don't get to be honest. If you look at like the wording within that law, it doesn't make any sense because everyone basically is essential. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of essentials, so it's very vague, which yeah. is interesting. Yeah. But- Whatever. Which here's the deal, y'all. Um, you know, unless you need something, I know you're. Some people were just getting a little stir crazy. Uh, maybe had enough of uh, Tiger King on Netflix, so <laughs> yeah, wanting to go out in public. Um, but y'all, just stay home if you can. And if you are going to go out in public, just use precaution. Um, I know, you know, we've had to go out a couple times this week to Target or Publix just to pick up essential needs that mm-hmm. we needed. It wasn't even a stockpile stuff. It was just to grab stuff, especially for Jude, our son. And um, Target, by the way, shout out to Target and Publix. They are so on it. 
I went there uh, this morning and um, it blew me away. There's a lady. Her entire job is to sanitize the mm-hmm. cash register after every transaction. Mm-hmm. That is like next level. Yeah. And Publix, you know, they're they're killing the game too. The carts are all sanitized when you come in the door. Um, so great, great job to those two stores. That's customer service. Can't say the same about Walmart or Aldi. Y'all are kind of just like, whatever, get COVID-19. We don't care. <laughs> Give us money. <laughs> That's terrible. Um, but no, it's it's on the loose, y'all. So just be safe out there. And, uh, you know, if you're in Ocala, don't, don't get in fear. Don't get in panic. Trust me, there's going to be plenty of food out there. Yeah. And, um, Those are considered essential. So yeah. I think that people get caught up in fear. And if they see other people panic, then they're like, oh, my gosh, well, I better buy, like, you know, a bunch of this stuff, too. Um, and so just buy what you need and there will be plenty to go around. And so, um, yeah, don't don't fall into the, you know, that fear mentality. Yeah. God's got us. Yeah. And grocery stores are essential. Yeah. So they're not closing. Yeah. So true. You know, our last episode, we talked a little bit, um, and I'm so grateful we made the jump on this, uh, especially being quarantined now. Um, When we did, yeah, people uh, were in these different groups and we're seeing that shipping is just super delayed. But we're talking um, about the Peloton, by the way. (laughs) Yeah, we're talking Peloton life real quick. Um, But it's been so cool to have that machine. Um, I know, man, it's. It feels like we've owned it for a couple months now. Yeah. Because it just workouts. I mean, they're still difficult. We still sweat and <laughs> we hurt. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Um, like crazy, which is good. You want to, you know, feel that. But it's every ride that we do feels like it's getting easier, but more challenging. Easier yeah. from the fact that like you don't feel completely out of breath and gassed and your butt doesn't hurt anymore. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, you know, it's like with anything when you're working out, it's you, it's challenging in the sense that you push harder than you did the day before, but it's cool to see that like your, what used to be so hard is yeah. now like your easy. Yeah. So it's like really, really cool. So like by the time you get, you know, to a certain resistance, you're like, oh my gosh, I would have been dying at this, but now this is like what I actually need it to be just so I can get through the warm up. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's just awesome. I mean, yeah. we just love our Peloton. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, um, it's an amazing machine and, um, yeah, I, I can't wait. One of my favorite writers on there, his name is Alex, uh, and, uh, he just will, he's in your face when you're riding and trust me, every workout I've done with him, I've left super tired and sweaty and just like, oh, that was hard. But I've left encouraged. Like, he mm-hmm. encourages you the whole, the whole ride, um, you know, and, and I just leave feeling better about myself. So I would highly encourage any listener right now, um, you know, whatever workout looks, you know, for you, whether it's your own personal home gym, um, whether, you know, I know right now the gyms are closed, but whether it's going to a gym, like, definitely better yourself. But I would just highly encourage the Peloton um, like I said, we're going to do a full episode on it um, probably within the next month. Um, we wanted to give it some time just for us to get to know the bike and to give it a proper review. But so far, like I'm just blown away um, in the community mm-hmm. aspect of the Peloton. That's what honestly has really, I think, impacted me more than anything about the bike is just the fact of there's people all around the world and there's these different groups of people who are encouraging you and motivating you. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, it's really awesome. Yeah. So we do want to share one thing before we kind of get in. I know that there's been like a lot of different openers, <laughs> but um, with us being quarantined, you know, they're not only staying active is super, super important, but also, you know, 
watching your mental health um, as well, especially if you're quarantined alone. Um, and I just wanted to share a couple tips that um, will help you. And, and I think that it will. Um, so, you know, being active, staying hydrated, um, managing your information intake. And mm. so like, not just like, watching the news and watching and like reading all of the articles and taking in the media like just maintain it and only take you know trusted sources um and then like in the moments where everything just feels crazy and overwhelming like pausing and taking um taking some time to like think about and meditate on the good in each of those moments um and just you know enjoying the downtown, the downtime that you're given. Um, even though I know that that doesn't mean it's not stressful, you know, especially if you've lost your job or you're not currently, you know, making money and that is extremely stressful, but there's always an upside to it. And so you can't do anything about it, unfortunately at the moment. And so you might as well find something good. So trying to, rewire your brain with all the negative information, all the scary stuff being like put out at us, try to maintain a positive outlook on, on life in general. And I think that will help, um, help benefit you in the middle of the quarantine. So I just wanted to share that little tidbit before we got started. You're just so, you're so wise. <laughs> you're wise beyond your years. Becca. Oh, thank you. And, uh, yeah, you're my all second right. Holy Spirit. You're always, uh, given wisdom. Thank you. Thank you. So we're going to get started. Um, so Josh and I were kind of talking this past week of like, oh, what should we talk about? And it was kind of funny because both of us got two different subjects, but that can kind of intertwine really well, I think. Um, and so I think that's just kind of cool. And I love the way that the Lord works. Um, but we both felt it not it, it's not going to be a heavy podcast, but just a little bit more serious than it was last podcast. <laughs> so, um, so we're going to be talking about just intimacy with the Lord and, um, and what it means to be content. Um, so a couple months ago, I would say hmm, the Lord has really been working on the word contentment with me and, um, and kind of like what that means. And so, um, as many of you, you know, do know, just from our other podcasts, I'm a new mom. And so our little guy is about to be 10 months old, which is just so crazy. crazy. And he's just ugh, the Father best time, thing. just slow down. All right. Please. He is just, oh my gosh, he's a ball of cute and just everything that we could have ever wanted and so much more. But, um, but as a lot of you moms and a lot of you, you know, dads and parents who are new to it, your life changes and it changes like within a second. And so when it starts changing, as soon as you get the positive yeah. <laughs> on that, you know, on the test, your whole life kind of changes. And so, um, you know, but being a mom, my life gets changes a little bit faster and a little bit more aggressively in the sense that like my body is not my own. <laughs> like everything about my life is revolving around the baby. And so, 
Um, and then, you know, when you do have the baby, you kind of have like this mom guilt. And I feel like every mom knows exactly what I'm talking about. I'm sure they're probably all like, oh yeah, I know what you mean. It's like if you, you could do a million wonderful things, but if you feel like you didn't do it to your expectation, <laughs> it's like you failed. And I remember just being surrounded in that. And I just could never be content with what I was doing, with where I was at. Um, I went back to work full time shortly after becoming a mom. And so trying to balance that and I was nursing and I was trying to <laughs> learn how to do it. And I was like exclusively nursing. So like try, trying to learn how to exclusively nurse, be a mom, be a wife heal from a C-section, go to work full time. It just was really, really, really crazy. And I felt like I was losing myself. Mm. And I just felt like I would look at these other moms and I'm like, oh, your baby's doing this before my baby's doing this. Or <laughs> this is, you know, you got a better deal out of this, you know, or you're a better mom than I am. Or I didn't, you know, I'm having these troubles, but you're not having these troubles. <laughs> like, what am I doing mm. wrong? And so... um it was just crazy. And like, also you moms know hormones are crazy. Postpartum is insane. And so, um, so yeah, so the Lord was really working with me on contentment and just what that meant. And when I heard contentment, it almost was always paired in the phrase of I'm, you know, I'm chasing contentment or I'm striving for contentment or I'm, uh, I don't know, I'm running towards contentment. Like mm. it was always this, this like idea that like if I can catch up to it, mm. I'm gonna get it, and then I'm just gonna be content. Like wow. I'm gonna finally catch it, and wow. then no matter what's gonna happen, I'm gonna be content. I'm gonna finally figure out like what that means. And I remember when I was nursing one morning, I was watching a message before I went to work uh, to work, um, which I like to do sometimes because well, I had the time. <laughs> <laughs> so, and it was nice to just kind of get my brain started on something positive. And so he was talking about contentment in it. And so, um, it really opened my eyes that like, you don't, you can't chase contentment. You can't run towards it. Wow. And you, you, you're not, yeah, you're not trying to catch something, but it's, it's like a workout. It's like anything, like a sport, you have to practice it to get good at it. So good. And so we're not just going to run and catch it and then be like, wow, I figured it out. I'm content. <laughs> like, <laughs> I figured it all out. It's like, it's a daily process of learning how to be content in all of our seasons and all of our situations, which was like, sounds like, oh, wow, that totally makes sense. But it was like an epiphany to me because I don't think I've ever heard anyone explain it like that. So... After that moment, I was like, oh, my gosh, like, that makes so much sense. Yeah. Why haven't I been doing that my whole life? And I just need to tell everyone because, you know, because everyone is just always striving for contentment. And instead of stopping and deciding, hey, I'm going to practice it now. Yeah. I'm going to put forth the effort. And I might not always be great at it, but I'm going to try. And so in every season, in every area where I don't feel like I amount to or I can't, I just can't reach that next season or I just can't reach that promotion, that job, I can't find that husband, I can't find that wife, I can't, whatever it is, that I was just going to chase, I was just going to practice being content where I was and what the Lord had given me in that moment and in that season. And so that really changed things for me 
Um, and I didn't have as much <laughs> mom guilt. Um, I was happy where I was in my job. And I felt so content in just the fact that I have the most incredible husband um, who many times I don't feel like I deserve and really struggle um, feeling like I would miss the mark at being the wife because I was trying to be the mom and I was trying to be the best employee and I was trying to be the best uh, in ministry and being there for everyone. And I just was so overwhelmed that I couldn't be content in where I was and what God had blessed me with. And so anyways, I just wanted to share that with you because it matters to me. And I feel like a lot of people get hung up um, on that idea of chasing contentment instead of choosing and, and trying to just practice it every single day. And then eventually you're going to get a little bit better and a little bit better and a little bit better um, until you really learn how to be fully content. So that's my. <laughs> that's so good. Um, yeah, I want to I want to share some scripture and then um, I want to talk a little bit about contentment, but more so on the intimacy. You know, I think. It's powerful for the people in the you know, listening right now, you know, who are married. Um, it's great when the Lord speaks the same thing to, um, you know, you and your spouse. But it's really even more powerful when the Lord's speaking two separate things that kind of collide together. Mm-hmm. And I know as the Lord was speaking contentment to you, like he was speaking intimacy to me, which mm-hmm. contentment and intimacy kind of go hand in hand. But, um, there's these two scriptures, and I want to read this first um, scripture to you because I, I think this kind of sets the mark for um, for contentment and just like um, these two characters, you know, exemplify what it means to live a content life. First um, Timothy uh, chapter six and in, in verse six, it says this. Um, it says, "But godliness with contentment is great gain, for we brought nothing into the world, and we can take nothing out." If we have food and clothing, we will be content with these. But those who want to be rich fall into temptation, a trap, many foolish and harmful desires which plunge people into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil and craving it. Some have wandered away from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. And then I want to quickly look at Philippians. One of my favorite books, by the way, in the Bible. I love Philippians. Um, Paul Paul writes this letter, and uh, and he and he says uh, and says this in uh, verse six, which I, I think is is huge. Uh, chapter four, by the way, he says, "Don't worry about anything, but in everything through prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts in Christ Jesus." And um, you know what I love about Paul in this letter to the church of Philippi, he's writing in the midst of being in prison. He's in shackles. And and let's just kind of backtrack. If you don't know anything about scripture or, you know, the Bible, um, the apostle Paul, one of the great people, he wrote literally half the New Testament. Um, He was probably one of the most well-known. I would even say he was probably pretty wealthy, um, people of his day, and um, before you know, he came to know Jesus. Like he persecuted the church, he hated Christ followers. In fact, we we read in the book of Acts. You know, he would break into houses, he would pull Christians out in the street, he would kill them, imprison them, and put them in jail. And um, and when I read this scripture, um, 
I'm reading a guy who I can imagine probably, because he's human, battled the ideas and thoughts of, man, um, I had everything. I I was well-known. I had fame. Um, I had money. You know, I had food. And now I'm sitting in a stinking, lousy prison, chained up to the wall. But then I can just imagine there is this wave of relief that came over him. And that's what we read here in Philippians of just like, listen, Paul's like, I've learned to be content in every season because of Jesus. Like he's the one that gives me that that contentment. He's the one that gives me that inner peace to be able to say, you know what? I might not have everything, but I have the most important thing. And when I think about contentment, man, like, um, you know, there's this phrase, you know, um, basically whatever you value, you're going to put importance to. So I would just challenge our listeners right now. What are you putting value in, in your life? Are you putting value in possessions, money, fame? Are you putting value in some kind of um, stature? Um, Because here's the reality. All those things are great, but they're all temporary. Mm -hmm. And Paul would even go on in Philippians to say, hey, those are actually done. They're rubbish. I consider them all worthless compared to knowing Christ. And uh, probably about a month ago, I was in a staff meeting and we were in a time of prayer. And uh, Every Monday, we always have staff prayer and uh, for a couple couple hours. And this one moment, I found myself over laying on the floor, and I'm just there just trying to soak in Jesus and allow Him to love on me. And um, I call this um, listening prayer. And listening prayer is not so much you talking. It's not so much even reading the Scripture. It's just sitting there and allowing God to speak to you and quieting your heart and your soul to be able to listen and I found myself in this moment of just like, man, I was reflecting. And um, and the Lord said, I want you to take communion. And I was reading a book at the time um, called The Power of Communion by Benny Johnson, which highly encourage anyone who follows Jesus. That is a must-read book. Um, all my life, I never realized the power and really the, the weapon that communion is. Um, and can I just encourage you, like... Um, when it comes to communion, um, communion is not just a religious um, kind of motion that we go through. Communion is a time for us to connect with Jesus, to connect with that that you know um, supper, that dinner that he had with his disciples around the table. I mean, it's a it's a it's an instant connection. And for I think a lot of the church, we grew up you know looking at communion as a very um, religious liturgical object that doesn't, you know, yeah, like the pastor will say, you know, remember your sins and, um, you know, make sure that if there's anything in your heart that you're holding, let go of it before you take communion and kind of walk through all those different things. But I never realized like, man, God is actually inviting us to a table. And, uh, and so the Lord has done this on occasion with me and he doesn't do it a lot. And when he does, it's very special, but he, he took me into an open vision and I found myself in this beautiful field. It felt to me like it was probably in Switzerland um, and the Alps. Like, just can you just imagine like the most beautiful valley that's filled with mountains, lush grass? And in the middle of this valley, there was this humongous wooden grand table. 
And as I approached the table, I realized, man, this table's filled with like delicious food. There's drinks, there's candles lit. Like it just, someone was inviting guests to this table. And I looked down and at the head of the table, I see Jesus and I couldn't make out his face, but I just knew it was him. And uh, I saw him kind of summon me over and, um, and we get to the, and I get to the end of the table and um, Jesus basically kind of asked me to sit. And I asked Jesus, you know, this question is in this open vision. I say, Jesus, um, where is everyone else? Why is it just us? Like, where's the party? And uh, little did I know, like, Jesus was inviting me to have one-on-one time with him. And he said, Josh, everyone has um, the invite to be at this table, but not everyone chooses to come to this table. And, uh, and that just of course, kind of hit me. I'm just like, wow, like God's prepared this table. You know, we read that in uh, in Psalms that God actually prepares a feast for us mm-hmm. in the presence of our enemies. And uh, I, I didn't know, like in the moment, I, you know, I thought, oh, well, you know, where's my wife and where's my kid and where's all these other people? And not that those people don't matter, but Jesus wanted alone time with me. Mm-hmm. And so he said, sit. And I, and I sat down and, uh, and we're and we're just in the vision. I couldn't make out what exactly we were saying, but we're laughing. Can I just say, Jesus is not um, he's not a god who is just sitting up there with a stern face. Yeah, he's not some like overlord. <laughs> yeah, and he's not. He has such deep um, compassion, such deep zeal for the people that call upon his name. And um, and he, the next thing he did just. Of course, just took me into a place where uh, I was bawling my eyes out. But he said, um, "He said, can I put my hand on your heart?" And I said, uh, "Well, I don't know if I'm worthy." And he said, "What do you mean you're not worthy? You're at the table." And so I said, "Okay." And uh, he put his hand on my heart, and as soon as he did, like I just felt this wave of fire go into my heart, and it just um, the word I can say, it revitalized my heart and gave me this fresh understanding. And he said, um, I want to give you fresh fire and passion again for ministry, for your life. And uh, and then he said, I want to uh, cleanse your ears and your eyes to be able to see and hear clearly. And so he, um, just as in scripture, he spit on his eye or on his hands and then he rubbed that on my eyes and he prayed this prayer. And I can literally still hear the prayer um, even as I'm talking right now, I couldn't quote it back to you, but it was in, it was a Jewish prayer. And, um, and as soon as like I, he took his hands off, he said, I want you to, to eat with me. And I said, well, I don't have anything to eat. You know how in sometimes in dreams and visions, you just say the stupidest stuff. It's like, <laughs> Josh, there's food in front of you. Shut up. Um, so he, Little did I know in the natural, you know, I I had that cup of communion and and wafer next to me. And so I took that. And as I took it, I can't tell you or describe to you the feeling of closeness I had. It was literally just as I'm sitting across from Becca tonight and we're talking and sharing with you guys. It was the same exact feeling with Jesus. We were sharing in this meal together and communion moved beyond just a ritual and it moved to a time of fellowship. It moved to a time of connection. And um, when I think about following Jesus, the thing that I think we get wrong, especially in the West in America, is we don't 
we don't quite understand the reality of intimacy that the Lord wants with us. Mm-hmm. That He's not a, an overlord. He's not a God who, um, who, all right, I saved you. Now, you know, I don't want anything to do with you. Fact, he saved you because he wants everything to do with you. Mm-hmm. He's obsessed with you. He he loves to hear you. And um, the thing that I think we fail a lot of times is we come into those moments, and just as I did, we come into those moments and we start saying things like, "God, I'm not worthy. Mm-hmm. I've messed up too many times. God, surely you don't want to talk to me. Who who am I? When do you want to go talk to the, the leaders of the world or someone more important? Like God, why would you want connection with me? And can I just say he wants that same intimate connection with every single person. Mm-hmm. And since that encounter, um, you know, one of the things that I established a couple months ago, I haven't been the best at doing. I I'm just not a morning person, so I'm trying to learn to make myself a morning person. Becca very much is a morning person. And well, I'm not, but I have to be. <laughs> she has to be, yeah. But she's better at it than me. She has discipline in the morning. I'm a night owl. I could stay up all night, and that that's my discipline, but I realize that's not the best. <laughs> but um, I established one of the things in our house I call it. It's my Abba chair. And um, it's just a little corner in our living room uh, with a chair and an end table, and I have books on it. And um, the Lord wanted me to have like a corner that's just me and his and to enjoy and to take pleasure in. And a lot of times, yeah, reading for sure, but to sit there and just allow him to soak uh, his presence on me and, and for us to connect. And um, But since I had that encounter, I have to say like my life, even in the midst of this virus, you know, in the midst of uncertainty, like being a pastor during this season, you know, if this virus goes prolonged past, you know, let's just say May, who knows if I have a job, you know, um, I, I know like my job's still there, but I'm, I'm referring to like pay. And I just, I can't tell you the amount of peace that's been on my life because of that intimacy I have with the Lord. Yeah. And that's what contentment is. Listen, you can't have contentment in worldly possessions. No. You, you might can't. be able to try. But, yeah. and, and, you know, I see, um, cause we're part of like Disney groups and, um, and Disney's such a fascinating place because so many people put their life and joy into it. And I'm noticing that, you know, a lot of these vloggers that we follow and we look up to, you know, as, as young Disney vloggers ourselves, um, it's like now that Disney has been closed and who knows when they're going to reopen again, um, they got super down for a season. I just, I know there's a couple people I look up to in the Disney community. And I just remember seeing like their Instagram of just, it was nothing but sorrow and just, you know, crying and stuff like that. And then like probably about two weeks after Disney had been closed for a while, now they've moved on to something else until Disney reopens that they're finding contentment in. And I thought to myself, man, is this our world that we inoculate ourselves constantly with People, relationships, possessions, money, all these, whatever, you name it. Mm-hmm. We inoculate ourselves with these things and that becomes our contentment. And and I'm, I'm just honest, like um, the only contentment that you'll ever find that actually is pure contentment and that just will never like run out is, is God. And when we have that intimacy and connection, um, man something powerful happens. Yeah. Well, it's the only way you can really get true contentment is when you have the intimacy with the father. And like, and that's what that practicing comes along with. That practicing means practicing by getting in the word, 
practicing by surrounding yourself with people that lift you up, practicing by praying in the morning. Like those are the types of practices that begin to refresh your soul and bring you closer to the father, which then in turn, in turn gives you that contentment that you seek and that you crave. And so, yeah, I mean, you can't have contentment without intimacy. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I just, I'll, I'll go back again to Philippians and I just want to read this scripture um, from chapter four. Paul says this in verse 11. He says, I don't say this out of need for I've learned to be content in whatever circumstance I mm. find myself. Can I just say in the midst of COVID-19, in the midst of, you know, some of you, you might be losing a job. Um, you might not know how to put food on the table. Listen, there is supernatural contentment that Mm -hmm. God wants to release to you and that if you would just allow it to happen. um, And and can I just say this? Don't neglect and don't rebuke hard seasons of life. Oh, praise. Preach. Like, stop saying like things like, I just wish God would make all this go away. Have you ever maybe thought that God is... And, I, and I'm not saying that God sent COVID-19 by any means, so don't don't mistake this. But have you ever maybe thought God wants to use this season mm-hmm. to refine you and to pluck out the weeds in your life mm-hmm. to make you better? So that on the opposite side of COVID-19, when we all come out of this and we, you know, I see people post about this constantly. I'm just like, I don't know what they're meaning by this, but I, I get what they're saying, but I don't get it. They'll say statements like, I just wish we'd go back to normal life. Yeah, normal wasn't working. Okay, normal wasn't working, and what's normal? Yeah. The way that we're inoculated. Really busy. Busy, and yeah. And rely on so much to fill our life. Yeah. Like, we just have such a hard time being alone with ourselves or sometimes alone with our families. You know, that's a, that's a issue. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. Well, and I just um, I want to give you three ways, and, I'm, and Becca can chime in on these two of how to cultivate contentment in your life, um, because I really do think it is something. As Becca stated earlier, it is not something that you're going to do once and then boom, it's done. It's not yeah. like um, you know, it, it would be like us getting the Peloton bike um, and just sitting in our room and expecting us to get fit <laughs> and never using it. Right? That just God, I wish it were that way. <laughs> God, me too. <laughs> We got to go through the work, baby. Mm-hmm. Um, but three ways. Number one is practice thankfulness. Mm. Um, get a thankful journal. Yeah, get a thankful journal or post about it on you know your social media. Um, to say it out loud in the morning, you know, yeah. start by practicing saying five things in the morning as soon as you wake up that you're thankful for. Because here's the reality: some of you, you're busy mom and dads, your college students. And the first thing that hits you in the morning is you look at your phone, you see all those notifications. Maybe your son or daughter comes running in your room and wakes you up and wants to know where the heck breakfast is. And, <laughs> you know, and so the thing that we have to realize is um, being thankful actually opens us into a supernatural atmosphere that allows God to give us revelation um, for the day. And so, listen, if your first every day, if the first thing you're thankful for, be thankful that Jesus loves you, that he saved you, that he desires you. Be thankful for the very breath you're breathing, right? Because that's not promised to us. Uh, be thankful for whatever you have. Listen, uh, I just read an article today that um, I think it's 33% of the world right now doesn't have the ability to wash their hands or use hand sanitizer. Wow. So how, 
I mean, there you go. You you got a whole list for the next week. At mm. least one thing. God, thank you. I can wash my hands. That's right. <laughs> yeah. We might not have hand sanitizer, but I know you got some soap laying around your house. So mm-hmm. be thankful. Um, thankfulness in my life has really given me perspective, especially during difficult seasons when we were struggling in our um, in our you know trying to have a child. The thing I always reminded Becca of and I reminded myself of is, God, thank you that I know you have a child on the way for us. God, thank you that you've blessed our marriage. Thank you that you have given us love for each other. And that just gave me perspective that, yeah, it sucked. And trust me, there was plenty of hard days where me and Becca both just felt like, God, why are you doing this? And we didn't understand but thankfulness got us through that season. I remember when we showed, uh, you know, I told Becca, I was like, I want to, I want to show you the pregnancy test. Get out of the bathroom. I want to see it because <laughs> I was tired of her getting negative results. And I remember seeing those two lines, and the first words out of my mouth was, "God, I knew you would come through. Thank you." And uh, and coming out into into the living room, and Becca's like, it's probably negative, right? And I was like, shook my head. And there's this moment of just like exactly what our son's name is. You know, Jude means sound of praise. But I took it even beyond that of like thankfulness. And so practice thankfulness. Do you have anything you want to add to that? Yeah, and um, yeah, definitely in that season um, of being of just being so thankful, um, and that um. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I can't think of yeah. more than what you what you said. Just well, being so thankful. And number two, um, kind of keys here is um, is 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 practice um, putting joy into what really matters. Oh yes. So you know, thankfulness for sure. Be thankful about those things, but actually practice joy. And joy is 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 not happiness. Happiness is fleeting. It's very temporary. Happiness is like. Um, I got ice cream. going to Disney or getting ice cream, <laughs> right? It's temporary. It's it feels good. Joy though is putting that satisfaction and just saying, "Man, um, I'm, I have so much joy that I'm being I'm able to be married to Becca. Mm-hmm. I have so much joy that Lord's called me to ministry." So practice those things that really matter. And and just as Paul would say, like um, whatever the circumstances. Listen, if the car breaks down. Guess what? It might suck, um, but you're going to get through it. Mm-hmm. And if you have, and I know this is like, it sounds funny, and I know people get made fun of with this kind of like positive thinking. But positive thinking really does something to the mind, and it really is true. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's tons of science even behind it of the benefits that it does. It like lowers your blood pressure. and. Yeah. I mean, all sorts of things. And it's something like, so what we do this with Jude is if he cries, we, um, you know, or, or we're going to take something that he's not supposed to have <laughs> that he's gotten his little hands on. We'll say, thank you so much. And then we'll give him something that he can have. And so it's that positive instead of just being like, no, Jude, get your hands off this. Why are you touching this? Like, stop, 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 stop. It's saying thank you and then giving him something he can have, which is just that positive you know, affirmation that pushes him to be like, oh, okay, you know, um, instead of that, like, oh, I'm in trouble. It's the, okay, I may have done something I wasn't supposed to, but instead of my parents lashing, they were kind and showed me what I could do instead. Yeah. And so, 
we need that as adults um, as well (laughs) because no one likes to be like yelled at or have those like negative thoughts. And so it's the same thing of like, if you're having a negative thought, changing it out for a positive one. And it's just that finding good in each moment. Um, So yeah, my car broke down, but I'm really grateful that I have a car (laughs) or I'm grateful that, okay, I paid off my car. My car broke down. I have to fix it, but at least I don't have to fix it and pay for it. Right. (laughs) You know, so it's, just finding those kinds of things that 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 lift you up um, and, and don't just keep you bogged down. Yeah. I'll go back to scripture, Philippians 4. Um, the scriptures setting the tone for this talk tonight. Paul writes this um, even before we get to the part about contentment. He says in verse 4, Rejoice in the Lord always. I'll say it again. Rejoice. And can I just tell you, rejoice today. Rejoice in the middle of your hardship, in the middle of your storm, because I guarantee when you start putting joy into what really matters, the enemy's not going to have any foothold in your life. That's right. He's not going to have the authority and the victory. Um, You're going to realize that the victory comes from God, and God's going to give you that joy. Um, The the last kind of key here, and this is, in my opinion, one of the biggest, is uh, stop giving... um, Stop giving power to the should ofs, could ofs, or would ofs. Mm. Um, because here's the deal. He about to preach. None of us can go back in a time machine mm-hmm. to reverse time. None of us can go back and stop the hurt from happening, whatever that hurt is. And when we live in this world of, wow, I wish I would have done that. Ah, I wish I would have worked out and got fit. Instead, now I'm a lazy bum. Ah, I wish I would have would have made that marriage work and and not fought so much and filed for divorce. Ah, oh, man, I wish I... And when we live in that wish I would have, um, contentment is literally nowhere in that world. Nowhere. In fact, it's the opposite. We're living in a, in a fantasy world that the enemy has clouded our vision. Think of it like this. Think of it opening your front door and you walk out into the midst of just this the heaviest fog imaginable. That's what that world is. And you're constantly, oh, if I could just get a step ahead. Oh, if I could just get another paycheck or if I could just get this. Listen, you're never going to have enough. You're never going to make it to this point of your life where you're just like, ah, everything's perfect. There's always going to be hurdles. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you ask some of the richest people in the world, um, they'll tell you that there's still hardships that they walk through. My God, I think about, um, and and I'm not endorsing him, nor am I saying I support him by any means. I support him that he's our leader and he's our president. But I think of Donald Trump. And, uh, you know, he's a billionaire, right? He has everything. Why the heck would he want to be president of the United States? Like, he has everything he could ever dream of. And, I, you know, we're watching, every day we try to watch his news conferences with this COVID-19. And I'm just like... I can't imagine the weight that's on his shoulder. Yeah. And um, and I know for some people, they're like, oh, he has everything. Or, you know, name whoever that person is who you think they have everything and life is perfect. I promise you, it's not. Um, it's not. They're walking through the same difficulties and hardships you're walking through. Yeah, it might look different. Yeah, they might have stuff to get them out of it. But so do you. And his name is Jesus. That's right. And when we live from this place of God, you know what? Yeah, I messed up there, but I'm moving on. Today's a new day. I'm forgetting the past and I'm setting my eyes on what what matters. I'm setting my eyes on the future. I'm fixing my eyes on Jesus. You know, it's I like to think of it, you know, when Peter got his eyes on Jesus, he walked out of the boat onto a stormy sea and he was walking on water. But the moment he he looked around and oh crap, 
that's right. I nope, I can't walk on water. He he started to drown. Mm-hmm. And I think we start drowning in life when we start referring to all the past mistakes and oh, if I just would have got that job promotion, if I just listen, y'all. It's like living it's stop. like trying to go out to go somewhere and like every time you open the front door, you're in your backyard. It's like that living in your past. Yeah, like, it's a I mean, constant that's like cycle. An absolute nightmare. <laughs> oh, it's awful. It's like being literally in the worst nightmare imaginable. Yeah. Like you just can't can't get past and that's exactly where, you know, the enemy wants to keep you. And so, yeah. So we're going to wrap this thing up because it's getting long. And we yeah. and we really appreciate you guys listening. Um, but just want to thank you for tuning in um, to Us Weekly. And if you haven't subscribed, please subscribe, share, tell people to listen. Um, rate us if you haven't. Leave us some comments. Um, and give us some, like, you know, topics. If there are things that you guys want to hear, um, please let us know. Um, we would love to, you know, obviously we want to, we want to give you guys what you want to hear. Um, so thank you so much for allowing us to have some time to talk to you and even just me and my hubby getting to sit down and talk. (laughs) I love that. Well, we want to, before we close out and, um, we just want to pray. We yeah. haven't done this in an episode yet, but I just really feel led to pray for people right now. And uh, Becca can chime into this prayer as well. Um, so let's just, wherever you're at, just pause, close your eyes. If you're driving, clearly don't <laughs> close your eyes. <laughs> um, but let's just pause and let's just wait for a second for the Lord. Maybe take a deep breath. Let's pray. God, I... I pray right now that wherever these listeners are, that God, you would give them supernatural contentment. God, I pray that there would be such a grace upon their life um, to be content in every single season. Father, I'm even feeling right now for whoever this listener is, God, they've been struggling. Um, They've been putting happiness in all the wrong places, Mm -hmm. and it's just let them down time and time again. And I just feel, I can even feel that hopelessness on their life right now. And so, Father, I just pray hope would arise, God, that true joy would break in and that that fleeting happiness the enemy keeps flaunting in their face has to leave in Jesus' mm. name. Yes. God, I pray that that these listeners, God, whoever this is, there would be such a supernatural intimacy, a hunger, a desire to seek your face, God. I pray we would be hungry for you, God. That, Jesus, you do invite us to the table and you want to have fellowship with us. And so, God, I pray that we would stop rejecting that invite and that, Jesus, we would say yes to the table, yes to joining you. And uh, Holy Spirit, awaken us. Give us new life in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, guys, thank you so much for joining us for Coffee and Convos. Uh, Like Becca said, if you haven't subscribed, make sure you subscribe. Leave us a comment, a rating. We love you guys so much, and uh, thank you for joining us around the table. We will see you next Friday. We love you.